So our Bible reading this morning is from 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 1 to 11 and that's on page 1890 in the Black Bibles on your pews or it'll be on the screen behind me as well. So 1 Peter chapter 4. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join in their reckless wild living and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they may be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live in according to God in regard to the spirit. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Well, good morning. How are you? Very good. Uh, It's great to be here this morning. Uh, Welcome along to Trinity Church Only. Uh, Particularly welcome if you're uh, here as our guest today, if you're here for the men's family and for Joe. uh, It's a very exciting occasion, isn't it? Uh, Thanks to Meredith for uh, reading a Bible for us. Uh, Just so you know, what we do here at Trinity Church Only is we uh, we work our way through books of the Bible. We read them, we talk about them for a little bit. Uh, We've got an interesting passage to talk about today for a little while. Uh, so welcome, as I said, to those who are here for Joe's baptism today. It's a really special thing, I think. Uh, actually, it's no small thing uh, that Joe's getting baptised this morning. Joe's going to stand up and declare that he is part of the church, uh, that he's one of God's people. Uh, in, t- in today's society, actually, that's not necessarily an easy thing. I remember when I was in uh, sort of late primary school, early high school, Joe's age, I went to church with my family and then I went to school. Uh, and I was kind of pretty keen to keep that side of my life where I went to church uh, secret. So I sort of had my church and my church friends, uh, and then I had my school and my school friends and my sport and all the rest of it. I was kind of pretty careful to make sure there wasn't much crossover in those two parts of my life. I was sort of a Christian on Sunday mornings. Uh, The rest of my week, I was pretty afraid to let anyone know that that was uh, part of my life. I do remember quite a funny moment, actually. I had a friend at school, I think his name was uh, James, and we'd known each other for probably a couple of years, and I'd successfully kept any semblance of my Christianity hidden from my friend James. Uh, I remember one one day he comes up to me and he says, oh, Matt, uh, do you go to church? And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, my lives have crossed over here. James has found out somehow. I kind of sheepishly said, yeah, look, I do go go to church. Um, Is that okay, James? And he said, well, well, actually, I go to church too. And I just thought, oh, well, that's a bit silly. We really should have um, figured this out earlier. We'd been hiding it from each other for about two years. 
I was worried about standing out and there it was actually uh, me and James had been both Christians the whole time. In this book of 1 Peter, the book we've been going through as a church, uh, Peter has been encouraging his readers to stand out. He's been encouraging his readers to stand out. Let me uh, take you to a couple of the passages we've looked at over the past few weeks. Uh, These will be on the screen. Uh, Thanks, Simon. Back in uh, chapter 1, verses 14 to 15, Peter's just said, uh, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. The people that Peter's writing to, they used to live a certain way, and now Peter's calling them to live differently, to be holy. Uh, What about in chapter 2, verse 11? I hear Peter said, uh, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Peter is calling on his readers to be like foreigners, to be different to those around them, and therefore to live differently, to abstain from sinful desires. He's calling on them to stand out from the crowd. And Peter's readers have been called to stand out, not just for kind of no reason, uh, but see what he says in chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The Christians that Peter's been writing to, they're called to live differently, and they're called to live differently so that they might declare God's praises to those around them, so that people might see how they're living differently and then want to turn to God and want to join them. They're meant to declare God's praises. And so Peter's readers, uh, they're being called to live differently, uh, to live differently from how they once lived, from how they used to live, to, to have changed and they're being called to live differently from those around them, to stand out. And what we also find in the book of 1 Peter is that uh, the Christians, they're not finding it easy to live differently. Actually, they're being insulted, they're being mocked, they're being ostracized because they're living differently to those around them. Uh, You would have noticed in our passage today, we get uh, a bit more of a picture of actually what's happening to them. Uh, Have a look if you've got your Bibles open, and I encourage you to have them open to uh, the passage we just had read. Uh, Take a look at verses 3 and 4. The Christians are being abused because they're not joining in with the drunkenness and debauchery and idol worship, uh, all these things that would have been quite common, actually, in the ancient Greek culture that they were a part of. And it's a good thing that they're standing out, as Peter's been saying, they're meant to stand out, because they have Jesus in their lives now, they're meant to be living differently to how they used to live. But because they're standing out, Peter's readers, they're being abused, You see that in verse 4, they are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless wild living and they heap abuse on you. So Peter's writing to people, encouraging them to stand out, but they're going through some tough times as they stand out. Now for Christians today, we might not stand out in the same way that Christians stood out 2,000 years ago, uh, but I think we should still be standing out from those around us, shouldn't we? Christians are still called to be holy we're still called to have live for more than our physical desires. The world tells us to indulge our physical desires, to get the best car, the best house, go on the best holidays, get the most out of life. And as Peter says, though, we should not be living our lives just for these human desires. We should be instead living for the will of God, 
And if we live that way, we're going to stand out. We're going to stand out from the crowd. In our passage today, I've got three things that I want us to notice about uh, what Peter's saying. That's uh, things that are going to help Christians have hope as they navigate that tension of uh, living in a world where they might stand out. And you'll find these on the inside of your leaflet. I want us to notice three things. I want us to notice that Peter says Christians should have the attitude of Jesus, firstly. I want us to notice that Peter wants his readers to love like Jesus. And thirdly, I want us to notice that Peter wants his readers to serve for Jesus. Have the attitude of Jesus, love like Jesus, and serve for Jesus. For all of us here who are Christians today, I think these will be helpful things as we think about what it means for Christians to stand out in the world today. For all of you who are here as visitors today, uh, welcome again, or particularly here for Joe. I hope these are helpful as we think about the faith that Joe's going to be committing to today and understanding actually what it means for Joe to be calling himself a Christian. Uh, So firstly, I think uh, Peter's saying that Christians should have the attitude of Jesus. Uh, We see this in the very first verse of our passage, chapter 4, verse 1. Have a look at that with me. Let's see what Peter says. He says, Therefore, since... Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. Uh, The verse is saying that uh, Jesus has suffered, and if we want to figure out exactly what Peter's talking about here, the sufferings that Peter's talking about, we just need to go back a few verses to uh, chapter 3, verse 18, and I'll get this on the screen as well. Uh, Peter's just said this a few lines earlier, he said, Uh, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Do you notice there's a key word that's kind of coming through in these verses, that word body. Jesus suffered in his body. He was put to death in his body. When Jesus was put to death on the cross, his body suffered. He was tortured, he was beaten, he was killed. And the teaching of the Bible is uh, not, just, not that it's just that Jesus died for no reason, that not that he suffered for no reason, but that by his suffering and death, he opened a way for people to come to God. And so Jesus was willing to suffer in his body because he knew that his bodily sufferings would achieve something. Jesus, uh, to Jesus, the most important thing was not the desires of his body. He had a greater vision in mind, what he would achieve through his death. And Peter says we should have Jesus' attitude. So what what exactly does it mean for us to have Jesus' attitude? Well, Jesus' priority was the spiritual. It was the life to come. It was uh, not his body. He gave up his body, but he was made alive in the spirit. Peter makes this point again a little bit later in our passage, chapter 4, verse 6. In chapter 4, verse 6, Peter says... Uh, for, this reason, it is the, for this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead. I think when Peter says the gospel was preached to those who are now dead, he's just making a simple point that uh, the gospel's been being preached for about 30 years by this point. Uh, some people have heard the gospel and then they've subsequently died. So the gospel was preached to those who have now died. And someone might ask, well, was it worth it? Was it worth preaching the gospel to those people seeing as they've now died? And Peter's saying, of course it was worth it. Because the gospel is not about the physical life, it's about the spiritual life. The gospel was preached to them so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. So these people who have died, they're now 
alive in a spiritual sense. They're alive in heaven with Jesus. And Peter is saying that ultimately the Christian faith isn't about the body. It isn't about getting the most out of life. It isn't about the 70, 80 or 90 years we get here on this earth. The gospel is not about immediate physical desire. It's about the life that comes afterwards. So yes, the Christian faith might mean we stand out sometimes, cop some flack occasionally, look a bit different to others, but the Christian life is worth it and it's worth it because we know it isn't just about the physical, it's about eternal life with Jesus. Jesus believed that the life to come is more important. That's the attitude we need to have as well. Uh, This week just gone by, I I spent a few days staying up at my parents' place up in the hills and uh, doing some work at their house. Um, My parents have this great house up in the hills. I remember it being built, um, it was probably about 20 years ago. Uh, But over time, you know, with the sun beating down, uh, a lot of the timber work around the outside of their house has started to fade and crack. Uh, So I spent a couple of days this week uh, patching it up and sanding it, getting it ready to give it a fresh coat of paint. I've got a picture here just so we can visualize it a bit. Uh, You really can't see that very well, but you can see it's a pergola and I've started to patch it up there. And as I was doing it this week, I was actually reminded of a truth that, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with how the house was built. It's just that houses don't last forever. After 20 years or so, things around the house are going to start to need fixing. I'm going to fix and repaint my parents' pergola and then probably in 20 years' time, depending on how good a job I do, it might be earlier than that, uh, probably in 20 20 years' time, someone's going to need to do it again. Of course, it's, it's a great thing to work on houses and do renovations and build things. I mean, Jesus himself was a carpenter, right? But we still need to look to Jesus' example. And just like Peter's been saying all the way through this book, the things of this world don't last. They're perishable. We need to have Jesus' attitude and look to the more important things, the things of eternal value. Uh, now, that's all well and good, isn't it? But it's still hard. It's hard to live differently. It's hard to live for things a long way in the future. It's hard to stand out and look different for other, different than others. Uh, one of the things I do here as part of my job here at the church is I'm uh, one of the leaders of our youth group, our high school youth group, Trinity Youth. I love being a leader at youth group. We have a great time. We have great fun. I was talking with one of uh, the guys at youth group a few weeks ago and he was, uh, I was asking him how it was going and he was saying actually he's starting to find it fairly hard. Uh, It's one of our slightly older guys, and he was saying that a lot of his friends are getting into kind of the party culture, drinking, uh, partying, and he's starting to actually cop a fair bit of flack because he's choosing to not get involved with all that stuff. Of course, it would be easy for me to say to this guy, well, you know, it's okay, you're copping a bit of flack, look to the life to come, look to the spiritual, but it's, it's just still hard, isn't it? It's hard when you're standing out, when you're feeling left out, when you're copping flack because of the faith you have and the choices that you're making. Can I say that Peter, who's writing this letter, it's actually interesting, I think, uh, that Peter knew that this was a hard thing as well. In fact, one of the most famous stories in the Bible about Peter is a story about Peter being afraid to call himself a Christian. You might not know the story. It comes uh, from the night before Jesus died, the night when Jesus was arrested. Jesus had been taken away And Peter, as one of Jesus' followers, was standing outside waiting. And a crowd of people came over to him and said, Hey, Peter, you were one of the ones with Jesus, right? 
And Peter was afraid. Peter said, no, no, I don't know this Jesus. Again, another person came up to Peter and said, I'm sure you are one of Jesus' friends. Again, Peter said, no. Finally, a crowd came up to Peter and said, surely you are with Jesus. You're from Galilee, where he was from. A third time, Peter was afraid. He didn't want to be ostracized. He didn't want to bear the consequences that might come with calling himself a Christian. No, said Peter, I don't know Jesus. Just like when I was in high school and I was afraid that people would find out that I was a Christian, even Peter knew what it was to have that kind of fear. But by the time he's writing this letter, it's about 30 years into the future, Peter's learnt. He's learnt to have the attitude of Jesus. He's learnt that following Jesus is worth copping a bit of flack. He's learnt to put the future and the spiritual ahead of immediate physical circumstances. In fact, it was only a few years after writing this letter that Peter himself was willing to be killed on his own cross because of his faith. We don't know exactly how Peter died from the Bible, but we do know from tradition and history a story that Peter was put to death and when he was put to death, he, he decided that he was not worthy to be killed in the same way as Jesus and so he asked to be crucified upside down. Having the attitude of Jesus is no easy thing. But at the end of the day, Christians are not living for the here and now. We're living for the life to come. And as Peter says in verse 7, the end of all things is near. If we want to keep having hope when things are hard, we need to look beyond the desires of our bodies and look to the spiritual and the life to come. That's our first point. We should have the attitude of Jesus. Uh, The second thing I want us to notice is that Peter wants Christians to love like Jesus. Peter wants Christians to love like Jesus. Uh, Have a look uh, with me at what Peter says in verse 8. In verse 8, Peter says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. If Christians are to stand out and keep having hope as we go about our lives, then we need each other. We need to be in deep community with other Christians, loving each other and loving each other deeply. We need to care for each other, offer hospitality to one another, help each other. And Peter says that love covers over a multitude of sins. I think all Peter is saying here is that sometimes we make mistakes, sometimes we don't treat each other very well. Uh, You know, maybe you're inviting someone over for dinner and they show up really late or someone makes a comment that someone else takes the wrong way. Sometimes those things are just inevitable, they're going to happen. But if our focus is on being loving towards one another, then when those little things happen, they're barely even going to be noticed, are they? If our focus is on loving one another, we're going to be quick to forgive. We're going to be quick to overlook those little ways in which we might hurt each other. Love covers over a multitude of sins and it helps us stay united and loving as a community. I think we do a pretty good job here at Trinity Church Only of loving one another, caring for one another, showing hospitality. I do think, though, one of the, one of the great ways to work out how well we're doing at this is to uh, look at the newcomer at church and think about how they're being treated. Because I would hope when someone comes to church for the first time, and uh, we have lots of visitors today, so I hope this is your experience, I would hope that when someone comes to visit that you're 
blown away by the love that our community has for one another. I hope that when visitors come along, uh, lots of people want to talk to them, uh, lots of people show them where things are, make them feel comfortable. I would hope that if that person comes back the following week, that people are looking out for them, uh, inviting them over to their homes for meals, that people would be showing them hospitality. And showing hospitality to someone, by the way, uh, the obvious way to do that is just as I've said, you know, have them in your house for a meal or something like that. But uh, really, hospitality is about friendship. It's about inviting someone into your life. So some of us might prefer to show hospitality by inviting someone to go for a run with them or uh, taking someone along with you to a social event. I hope that new people in our community quickly feel like they belong. Actually, before long, I hope that new people in our community feel like they're part of a loving family. I want to ask our regulars, how do you think we're going at loving those who come and join us? I think we're doing pretty well. But I think this is a good reminder to keep focusing on how we show the love and care of Jesus to others. That's important because, as we've been saying, there are lots of situations in life where Christians feel like they stand out, feel like they're different. This is the one place where we should all feel like we fit in, all feel like we belong. So Peter's encouraged us to have the attitude of Jesus. Peter's encouraged us to love one another. Lastly, I want us to notice that Peter wants us to serve for Jesus. Peter wants us to serve for Jesus. Uh, Take a look at what Peter says in verse 10. He says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. What Peter's saying is that we all have different gifts, we all have different circumstances, we all have different abilities. But given our different circumstances and abilities and gifts, we should all be trying to work out what we can do to serve others. Because by serving others, we're stewarding God's grace to people in all sorts of different ways. Here at church, we have lots of different things that uh, we have to do every Sunday morning. I'm really encouraged by the way that so many of our community have just thrown ourselves into serving this year. A lot of people have served in ways that they don't necessarily prefer, but they understand that serving others is actually about God and about showing His grace. Particularly those more logistical jobs, set up, pack up, and it's very exciting that we've got a new cupboard installed this week, so some of those things will be getting slightly easier. But it's hard sometimes to see the value of jobs like that. But I think what Peter is saying is that those jobs are valuable. There are so many different ways to serve and all of them are valuable. All of them show God's grace to one another in various ways. So whether you're doing creche or whether you're bringing along morning tea or whether you're leading the service, we're all showing God's grace to one another. And I'm thankful for the way we're doing that as a community. Peter goes on in verse 11, he says, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Ultimately, it's all about Jesus, isn't it? We love each other, serve each other, we have Jesus' attitude. We do all these things so that we can keep having hope, keep living as Christians, care for each other. Uh, but ultimately, it's all, about, it's all about Him. It's all about Jesus. We live for Him so that others may see how we live and praise God. 
We serve so that God might be praised through Jesus Christ. It's Jesus, actually, who gives us the power to serve. And ultimately, when we serve, it's Jesus whom we are serving. It's Jesus who died for us. It's Jesus who gives us hope when things are hard. It's Jesus who shows us the attitude we should have. It's Jesus' love that we seek to emulate. And it's Jesus that we serve. To Him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. How about I pray for us? Our dear Father God, we're so thankful for your word today. We're so thankful for Jesus. Father, we pray that as your people, we would have the attitude of Jesus, that we would want to live for your will rather than for immediate physical pleasure. Father, even though living your way sometimes makes us feel like we stand out, help us to look to you, to love one another and serve one another. May the way that we live, the way that we love and the way that we serve bring great glory to you through Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen.